Ed, things to do in Denver while you're still alive, including watching Manchester United beat Leeds United uh, by five goals to one. You you are in the Mile High City as we record this. Way. So it's not that exciting. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm in Denver for a short trip. So, uh, and in a fairly noisy area. So you may have some background sounds of uh, people shouting at each other, which they seem to do all night long. Anyway, and they love the Mile High stuff here. So I went on a walking tour around around town yesterday and um, it's all over the place. Mile High this, Mile High that. Talking of uh, people shouting, shall we start right at the beginning with the reception for Champions League one? Uh, absolutely. What a start the show with a showstopper. Somehow the football lived up to the unveiling, which there was a real threat that it wouldn't because yes. uh, the place went absolutely. Oh, my God, it's a fast centre back. We haven't had one of those for so long. I know. And, kind and of like, feeling. look, sod, sod all the fancy videos and playing pianos and whatever else. That that's a proper old fashioned unveiling, isn't it? Bring the lad Brian out onto the pitch, signing his what looked like a child sized shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it did look small. It did. Maybe he's just big. But they should have had a, t- a table with two chairs and him and Sasha doing signing. the actual signing Pro- on the pitch. Brian obviously, Robson style. Yeah, that would that would have been exactly. nice. For the go with the retro shirts, right? <laughs> That shirt, by the way, is coming for a lot of criticism. Looks wonderful on the telly from the long range angle because it, although the team viewer logo is meh and it, it would prevent me from wanting to own one of those shirts, on the telly it's really neutral when it, when it's not zoomed in yes. compared to the Chevrolet one, which you could see on every shot. Yes. So bad value for money for team viewer, but good for aesthetics. Yeah. Yeah, the, the only... The, you know, we didn't talk about shirts in our preview show. The the only thing I don't like about it is, you know, up close, it looks a bit like, um, I don't know, it's just, it looks like a knockoff shirt. It's too, it's almost too basic, isn't it? So I, it, it, We've been saying they should go back to basics, though. We can't, it's, you can't have both, you know, can you? No, it's like, it's like you can't complain that, um, Trevor Bayliss wants Jason Roy to open and then complain about Don Sidley when he goes like one or the other, you know. Anyway. Swinging, swinging maybe from there one is, pole to the other, yeah. That's maybe right. there is a happy medium. Um, the uh, Let's listen. I mean, so I, I at the end of our preview show, I predicted a 2-1 win to Leeds United because Leeds would be super well prepared and United would look undercooked. And it turns out that yet again, oh no, I am actually an idiot and I don't know anything about football. Well, the, I mean, the interesting thing is, I mean, Solskjaer has talked quite a lot in pre-season about being prepared, being prepared, but he's got a team of people who are missing and undercooked. I mean, you just list who's missing. Varane, not signed. Sancho has had one and a half training sessions and like 10 minutes of pre-season or whatever it is. Um, I think Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire had two games each and Lindelof two games each. And then he's got Henderson and Lingard out with the plague. Edison Cavani's isolating and has pers- and has some personal time away. I'm not sure what that was about, but um, it, you know, it's fairly ambiguous, that one. Who, who else is missing? M- McTominay's had 10 minutes of pre-season. McTominay had no... I mean, he was magnificent for no minutes of pre-season, basically, wasn't he? Yeah, and Fred had, him, Fred's a- not had much of a pre-season because he had such a long summer. So it's it's a no Bailly and no Diallo because they were at the Olympics. So he's got a lot of players missing. And no Rashford, of course. Shoulder surgery apparently has yeah. gone well. Um, so you could kind of forgive them for being a bit undercooked and a bit threadbare. But it didn't turn out that way. I mean, it, it's um, 
yeah, you know, we'll get into the specifics of all the goals, but just to um, to turn Leeds yeah, over will. when they have not had most of their their squad out and have had a pre-season and a Bielsa pre-season when they will have been running up mountains is is pretty remarkable. I it was I mean uh it's a bit I'm a bit overwhelmed so it's I'm quite glad we weren't able to record on the because of time difference and stuff we weren't able to record on the dot of full time. Um I I'm quite glad to have had a a couple of hours since. Is it genuinely sort of um intense sensory experience because uh, you know I mean I talked so much about this at the back end of last season and in the end I'm I'm absolutely sure that the thing that burnt me out more than anything else was just that empty stadium was like drilling into my brain and uh, for this to happen in front of a full crowd the noise um I mean particularly the unveiling the, the oh the the roar after the Bruno goal the first Bruno goal and then at the end the Stretford end all sort of staying where they were basically like the ground uh, they pointed out on comms with five minutes to go the ground was full you know what Old Trafford's like with full sure, five yeah. minutes to go but it was not like that and and um so it was just electric and then the football I mean four assists four, quatre assists <laughs> um, and and Bruno with an incredible I can't I don't know what three is in Portuguese um but like fantastic phenomenal and that Mason Green uh, anyway I'm struggling a little to be articulate and uh and measured about what was you know I'm not I'm probably not going to insist we're going to win the league at any point during this <laughs> well, show. Top of the league for now, until the end yeah, of the exactly, weekend. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Sorry, Brentford. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, because we're recording this on Saturday, a couple of hours after the game. So uh, no, normally we record after the full weekend, so we don't have the full context. But, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm claiming it now, top of the league, uh, after one <laughs> game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's it, yeah, and it's funny, um, but also a measure of how clinical United were. Five goals from 1.64 XG for United. You know, I think it's five from eight shots on target. Um, so su- super, super clinical, and some great finishes in there. So should we should we talk through talk through the goals? First goal was absolutely Pogba's pass to Bruno to finish. Yes, yes, it was the um, the so. Pogba had had the chance where he'd been put through by Greenwood um, and basically did the keeper and then put it wide, essentially. Right. Um, so you're like, oh, no. And United had been so good in the first 20 minutes that uh, they turned over possession loads and you're just thinking, oh, we are going to hit the thing that happens when United are really good in the first 20 minutes and don't score. But instead, uh, Pogba's pass is um, wonderful, but not like it doesn't sit in Bruno's path, his first touch is mesmeric. I think his first touch is with his right and he finishes with his left, I think. Yes, I think that's right. Um, uh, and he kind of clips the keeper on the finish and it bobbles in. And it, it, But it was, I mean, it was it was incisive. It was quick. The ball to Pogba was, you know, it was snappy and, and he was kind of instant. He gets the ball, Bruno runs, he hits it over the top. I mean, lofted through ball, like... And it Bruno, and, and it, amazing. It was, it was um, it was good value for United's start. United looked up for yeah, it right from the much. beginning. Turned over the ball quite a few times. I don't know how many. I'm not looking at the stats, but it felt like quite a few. 
Uh, McFred in midfield, who, you know, we know their weaknesses you know, in progressive passing, but their strengths are getting stuck in. And both yeah. of them were getting stuck in, weren't they? I mean, it was yeah. quite tasty in midfield um, between the two teams and pretty congested in there. But United had the the upper hand and, you know, got the goal, good reward. And I think very good in that first half. Yeah, I Like, just looked much sharper than, than should be the case for how little minutes many of them have had. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the surprise. And, and you know, Solskjaer after the game talked about Pogba getting a free role and he really did. So the, the team selection was quite interesting. I mean, Dan, Dan, Dan sorry, I'm, I, I aren't going to be excessively critical or negative. I'm just going to say the two words competition winner and then move on with our lives. <laughs> um, that's, that starting 11 was like the Sesame Street, one of these things and not like the other, um, which is, you know, unfortunate for the kid, but hopefully Marcelo Bielsa still sees enough in him to offer him a brilliant career. Because I think with some coaching, you know, anyway, um, I, I, uh, you've yeah, got... I, I, and yeah, no, look, this is going to be a, like a 99% positive podcast. The yeah. 1% is... Dan James does absolutely everything wrong. Every single time. All of the time. He put he put one really good tackle in when to stop a Leeds counter-attack. He did, he did. He was millimetres away from a red card, mind you. I mean, he <laughs> flew into that one. <laughs> yes, but he didn't he didn't get a red card, and you know, it was it was well executed. Um uh reverses at executing the Leeds <laughs> player. And you know, it was, it was that kind of game that had some ferocity to it. But um, the, the starting lineup was interesting because it, it was McFred, but when you have Pogba and Bruno, McFred is a totally different proposition because Pogba and Bruno can quickly uh, take the ball off them and be responsible for the progressive passing. And, and my goodness, wasn't Pogba responsible for some staggering progressive parting? I, I think I said really early on in the group chat, Bruno's on a madness because every touch was just on. And that, that through ball right at the beginning for Scott McTominay, where McTominay was yep. kind of not quite through because it was a little wide, but the, the execution and waiting on the through ball was perfect is the only word for it. You know, it was, it was great. Yeah. Um, I mean, wonderful performance all around. As the second goal, of course, was Pogba again, well, Leeds scored Leeds, first. Oh, yeah, of course. I just wiped that out. Uh, so, that was just so, after half time. Leeds scored. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and it's true for like two or three minutes. It looked like they might be back in the game, didn't it? Because uh, yeah. they, they were loving it. A uh, three thousand Leeds fans there, which you know it, they're Leeds fans, and it's unfortunate they have to spend any, any time in Old Trafford, but it adds to the atmosphere. Hundred percent. I mean, somebody was meant to be singing "Who the bleeping hell are you?" at Rafael Varane when he was getting announced. That is the correct order of the world. It should be like that. Um, the 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 Leeds goal. I mean, you said nobody closed him down. And I was watching it again. I was like, and maybe Luke, they they were all just a long way away from him in their starting position. And Luke Shaw actually, there was a fractional moment of hesitation. Luke Shaw. Had, Thought had a very quiet, very good game. Quietly yeah. had a very good game. I mean, I mean, Ailing is the right back, right? So you, you, I guess you don't expect him to be drifting into half spaces like that. Normally, yeah. like the zone there, you'd have a, a, a you know, the, your deepest midfielder would be sitting in that zone. Um, and yeah. so I think that's the error. There's no one in there. Um, but then after that, Shaw and, and Maguire aren't, you know, aren't quick enough to close him down even close the shot down so or the angle or anything so it's all very static there's hardly isn't it? any there's hardly any time though no, it, happen, it happens yeah. very quickly and it was good it was it, it felt 
a lot more like and also if their right back is you know it's it's the thing isn't it like look if their right back smashes one in from 30 yards obviously there are things you can do but that's the kind of goal you want to concede if you're going to concede a goal rather than yeah it's the it's the pass Uh, yeah sure stupendous shot and you're not expecting that from him um and we got the the finish we might expect from him with a later attempt that Ailing had, um, where he screwed it near the corner flag. Uh, so yes, it's it's the pass from the central area just rolled across. Um, that's where the error has gone. But look, it didn't matter because you know no. we were cursing for for almost as you know much time as we could get the words out in the group chat. Um, and then United were back, and it was just a, a magnificent ball into the channel from Pogba. And then it's all Mason. That's just it's it's so good from there from Mason Greenwood. I mean, Shaw, Shaw does well right at the beginning to find Pogba because United are under a little bit of pressure and there's a, there's a little bit of me that was thinking, oh, we're going to turn the ball over. Oh, we've scored. Um, you know, it was that that kind of feeling. But Shaw, Shaw does well to find Pogba and Pogba's head up straight away, puts the ball. I mean, that one really did go into Mason's stride, but but it was a brilliant run and and it's the, the kind of speed and strength and uh, body awareness to hold off the defender, yeah. and get the ball ahead of him. But he's still got a lot to do. And oh my God, did he do it. Well, well I think the really nice thing about that, I mean, it's a fantastic finish, but it's, yeah, it's it the work to get himself into the position for that fantastic finish. So, you know, he's he didn't go to the Euros and it was a decision they made that they didn't make with Marcus Rashford uh, to, um, yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, Henderson had his hip problem Mason had a knee problem, was it? Small knee problem, and and I can't Rashford remember. had the foot and the the shoulder problems, and they made different decisions with you know the, between the three of these players about whether they should. Um, and Don, Donny Van der Beek had um, a hip problem as well, didn't he? You know, and and um, it's it's kind of interesting comparing what what decisions the club and player and national teams have made between the three of them. But anyway. Long-winded way of saying it, it's probably done Mason quite a lot of good. He got some rest yeah. and he's had a full preseason, and he looked sharp today. And and I, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, he has scored brilliant goals, but they're normally brilliant finishes, aren't they? From impossible angles. Um, yeah, that one he's that done too. from the impossible angle and to get himself in the position by being stronger than a defender. It's great all round. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. And and the, the just the kind of. Oh, this is going to... So, you know, in general, first games of the season are uh, wild anyway. You know the season where we beat Chelsea 4-0 in the first game of the season? Like, it, it happens. You get into a groove in, a, in an excited Old Trafford and, and United explode. And, and I don't think this is going to be the story of the season all season. But what I do think is when Pogba and Bruno are both on it in the same game and one of Greenwood, Cavani... Sancho, Rashford, Martial is also on it. Nobody can live with us. I think it's going to be very hard for literally any team in the division to live with us, which is, you know, that's a very exciting position to be in. And and, and that, the, the finish, I mean, you've talked a lot about the kind of the excellent all-round play, rightly so, that Greenwood exhibited. But the thing that was genuinely, like, Oh, hardly anyone in the world could do this. Was the, was the finish into the far corner? The perfection of the placement was. I mean, it was just absolutely next level. You know, next level. And then 
two minutes later and United are 3-1 up. And oh. um, this was great. Again, you know, the weighted ball from Pogba and the finish from Bruno from the right-hand side of the area. Um, you know, cracking goal again. Oh, this was the this was the over-the-line one, right? That It was obviously miles over the line, but the, the Leeds defender kind of tried to... Exactly, but yeah. Yeah, what, I mean, Pogba on a hat-trick of assists equaling his Premier League total of assists from last season, but let's just quickly brush that over. Um, well, he didn't um, play much in the Premier League last season, no, but yes. he didn't. But yeah, um, I mean, just just on fire. And Bruno, you're right, that the finish was... Because he had to work a bit of an opening as well, didn't he, for the finish? Um, and yeah, you just you just think this is... that The two of these... These men are both absolutely desperate to put on a show yeah. at the first time they played at Packed Old Trafford for, you know, since March 2020, since that City game, right? I mean, one of the interesting things about, you know, where the assists have come from and, you know, the positional player of that front four um, was that, you know, quite a bit of the time, Mason Greenwood drifted out wide to the right, Dan James drifted into the middle, Bruno basically plays a false nine and Pogba drifted into central areas too. You know, very, very flexible. And, yeah. um, and and clearly everyone in United's sort of attacking group, apart from Cavani, can play sort of in any of those positions. And it's going to serve United yeah. pretty well. I mean, Sancho came on late in the game, played off the left. He might. You know, and with Martial down the middle, he might do that quite a bit this season. He might end up playing more off the right, is what people, I think, expect when Rashford is fit. But really, uh, any of them can play anywhere. And that's, it's going to cause a lot of teams a lot of problems. You know, who do you pick up there? Because they can, they can all hurt you so much as well. I actually thought, you know, 99% positive, 1% negative. I actually thought it was a slight tactical error at the at the point of the subs. I mean, we were literally 5-1 up, so it doesn't matter at all. But I kind of wanted him to keep Greenwood through the middle, play Martial left and Sancho right. Um, and we did lose a, a lot of... I mean, this is irrelevant, but yeah, I, I did think it, it seemed almost a little... Like, oh, I don't think Mason Greenwood deserves to be shunted out of the position that he was playing, you know, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's matter. a more junior position, really, in in that in the United system, no. the front three. I mean, you know, actually, I, I think we found, just, just for example, with, with Marcus Rashford, he's more dangerous off the left than through the middle. Not, not because he hugs the touchline and puts in crosses or anything like that, but because he can cut inside and play in that space between the fullback and the central defender and they don't know what to do about him. Um, yeah. and, and Mason's got that as well. Now, we'll see whether he prefers playing through the middle or not. Uh, but it, it was very, very flexible today. Um, and then, you know, talking of flexibility, the thing we didn't know about this team that was that Victor Lindelof has a 60-yard pass in him as well. Oh, we did. We, we definitely knew that because he did that a bunch of times last year. It was literally, that is that is his Ashley Young cut inside and blast it into the top corner. No, curl it into the top corner. That is quarter circle forward hard punch or hard kick, I guess, from Lindelof. That is his special move. Um, and uh, he picked out Cavani with a number of those last season. And this was this was yet another one. The one thing that Victor Lindelof does really well, he was like, Varane got announced before this game. I'm definitely doing my special move at least once in this game. It, it's funny because, you know, when the goal went in and we were chatting um, about it and wondering whether it was offside briefly. And, and I think I said thick lines 
And 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 that, yeah. exactly that it would have been ruled out last season um, for a you know a toe over uh, the thin line. But now we have this margin of error built in. Um, or margin built in, which goes in favour of the attacker, we're going to see more goals. And I think it was something like 14 goals across all competitions. 20. Tw- 20, was it? Right. 20 in the in the Prem. Yeah. 20 goals in the Prem last would have, season. Would have counted under the new rules. And I think it's good. And they, they're trying to do it more quickly. They're also, um, they're, they're looking at fouls in a different way as well. You know, they're basically taking feedback from the clubs to, you know, and 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 trying to adapt to it, and also we we saw the other thing we saw is the flag going up when it's an obvious offside, instead yeah. of like having three phases of play afterwards and then calling it offside, just call it offside. Yeah. Um, and these well, are all saw, good changes, I think. We saw the penalty thing as well because I think that one uh, where Maguire clipped Rafinha, um, was it? Yeah, uh, it might have been. Yeah, Let's say remember. it was Rafinha. He clipped a Leeds man. Um, and Sorry, I, correction, maybe it Paul, wasn't it, Dirty Leeds man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually think it was Rafinha, but I can't remember who it was. Costa? Anyway, he clipped him. Costa? I can't yeah, I forget. One, one. We could continue to spectate. Somebody got clipped um, and they were Let's adamant. Let's just name that Leeds was- players, shall we? <laughs> They were adamant that there was contact and there was contact and I think it would have been a penalty last season and I think it's absolutely right that it's not a penalty because this was a no harm, no foul situation and the the, the offside, the margin of, well, like you said, it's margin rather than margin of error, isn't it? Um, the margin in Bruno's favour was completely like, I mean, if this had been the other way around, I'd feel the same way. That does absolutely deserve to be a goal by the spirit of the law. Like the the law is absolutely not in football in order to stop that from being a goal. Yeah, and look, know? we're still going to um, get tight offsides. There will still yeah. be a binary decision made at some point to say that was on or that was off, and it might be someone's armpit is just on via the or just off via the the thicker line. It's it's basically just saying like it's not perfect, and we think there should be some margin here. And that margin mm. should be probably with the attacker because they can now be like whatever it is, 10 centimetres closer to goal than they could yeah. have been last season. Um, and yeah. just because someone clipped their toenails in the morning shouldn't mean you get a goal scored or not. Or, you know, no. they have a fatter bicep. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's yeah. um, we got some yeah, really ridiculous size. ones and hopefully that means less sort of stupid debate. Um, yeah, Literally, size 10 shoes versus size 14 shoes, you know, last season would have easily made the difference, you know. Um, So anyway, what a goal. (laughs) What a goal. Just phenomenal work, a phenomenal pass. And Bruno did extremely well to to bend his run uh, as he did. And the finish kind of is almost not in question, but it was was absolutely excellent. Um, and then, 5-1. I, I um, just, just one final note, Pogba slacking on that one, didn't get in with the assist. I mean, what was he doing? <laughs> yeah, but he was like, I don't like this business of other people assisting goals. 5-1, even Fred's going to score. And uh, that might have been the biggest XG chance of any of the goals, right? That's the Pogba, Pogba's cut back to Fred, which is not the kind of most technically complicated skill that he executed, but the the, I mean, it was absolutely perfect the the decision the weighting and the placement of that pass to fred you could how many times have we seen that just be slightly off its line and the striker has to take a half step and can't hit it in his stride or it's slightly too far ahead of him and he has to stretch and he doesn't hit it i mean it was exactly where it needed to be for fred to comfortably side foot it into the back of the net yes you're in trouble when fred scores 
uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, Did he score in the six two as well? Uh, I just don't I can't remember. remember. I can't. I don't remember anything about two from McTominay in that one. I remember that. Yeah, that's bit. that's the only thing. Yeah. That, that's what what we all remember from that. But um, I mean, and it's just wild delirium. The rest of the game kind of doesn't matter except for Sancho coming on and the fantastic ovation and the great ovation that Pogba got. Bruno was given man of the match, which is fair enough because he was brilliant. I mean. Four is more than three, but hey. Um, uh, and and the reasoning made me a little bit like, hmm. like, oh, he just lifts the level of everyone around him. Like, he's saying, he's saying Pogba doesn't lift the level of everyone. Anyway, anyway let's, let's not start. Let's not. There's going to be enough time during the season to talk about everything that's wrong with society. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know, yes. Bruno was really good in this Bruno game. Bruno was really Absolutely good. Brilliant. He scored a hat trick. Normally, when that happens, you, you're, you're yeah. man of the match. But yeah. Paul Pogba did get four assists and he was generally yeah. very good. Uh, they took him off uh, before the end of the game. You know, he's not had a lot of football either. Um, no. no. None of them had. And we got a brief view of um, Jadon Sancho. He didn't really get a lot of the ball. He, he tried a couple of dribbles. He, he, he actually positioned himself fairly deep, didn't he? I thought he might be sort of closer to um, closer to the, the front guy. But... Um, but yeah, got a few, you know, maybe attempted a nutmeg or two. He's he's got he's yeah, got a couple he of months on Rashford in uh, nutmeg wars, hasn't he? <laughs> I think he tried three nutmegs. I think he tried three nutmegs in in a very short space of time, and that's really mostly what I want from him this season is just just a lot of nutmegs. XN uh, very high. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talking of which, the XG was quite low, but I did think I bet the XT is quite high in this yes. game. But you know, a lot of threat. I, I, threat. Yeah, they, I. Mm. We talked about it on last week's show, didn't we? Which, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a nice way of presenting sort of how dangerous a team is, um, yeah. Based on for those who didn't listen, based on the you know the the positions you get into as in a team on the attack and where the passes are made to get into those positions, you sort of rolled into this thing that the Athletic are calling expected threat. And um, there's a whole article by Tom Warville that explains it, and I think it's a nice way. People, you can take stats or you can leave them. You know, um, we, I think, enjoy stats because it adds something to the discussion around the game without having to be too analytical about it. Some people hate it and they just want to watch the football and that's all fair enough. Um, but I think yeah. this is a kind of nice way of of kind of um, encapsulating what we see with our eyes. United were dangerous today. Yeah, that's it. And, and, and this is a good example of a game where um, XG... Which, you know, there's a lot of analysts who would say, well, yeah, never look at a game in terms of XG. XG is not designed to uh, look at who should have won any particular game. That's why expected points is such a silly metric, basically, because it's like once you're 2-0 up, the game state is completely changed and blah, 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 blah. Uh, This was a really, really good example of a game where um, you can't say that United weren't ultra-dominant. I mean, they weren't ultra-dominant in... um, in statistical terms, but they were ultra dominant in terms of uh, the feeling of which team was going to win this match, bar a five minute period, or maybe even less than that on three, either side of the minutes, alien goal. I think, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah well, absolutely. I was adding two minutes before as well. You know, it absolutely. Um, you know, great opening day because it, you know, as we talked about last week. We, you could have made a very good case for it going very differently today and then the, the narrative around United would have started off on a negative foot right at the beginning of the season. And, but, you know, Solskjaer's talked about it 
the ones United have come out of the blocks really fast. Don't think either of us or many people expect United to actually win the league this season. There are some very good teams in this league, but we're going to put up a you know a good performance for most of the season. And you know, like as he said, from November to May, United lost once last season. So that's what this team yeah. can produce. Added a very good forward and a very good defender to that. You know, it's it's almost a very complete squad. Not quite, but almost. You know. Yeah. And it does seem like, um, given that we just won five one against Leeds United, we have to talk about transfers, right? Because that's what people actually care about. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, uh, Half it, an hour in Solskjaer, all right. That's the boring stuff over and done with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Solskjaer was very measured. It was very much like you never know what can happen in football type talk, rather than yeah, we're we've got our eye on one more. I think in his. Friday press conference or whatever it was he said you know we've got one more coming in and there was some speculation about whether that meant Varane or not and I was like like he's definitely talking about Varane here by the way like don't don't get it twisted he's literally talking about the signing that's already been announced um but yeah I mean of course we we don't need to go into the need for a defensive midfielder it exists everyone knows it no and and, you know I I think um everything that happened with Messi over the last week and him signing that contract with Paris Saint-Germain has basically ended um any any thoughts of Paul Pogba going to PSG this summer that's the only destination he could go to this summer so Pogba yeah. is staying for the season, whether it's to run down his contract or he'll sign a new contract. Don't know which, probably the former. Um, but he's here this season, which probably means, unless West Ham suddenly stump up thirty million for Jesse Lingard, that that is it for transfers. But you know, hey, we've got uh, two more weeks this window, so you never know, folks. I, well, one thing that I, I think about the Pogba thing is I, I think he'll, if the club will do it, he'll sign a contract with the release clause and work out what that what that is so that they, you know, every, that kind of everybody wins. Because even for Pogba, like, you know, it's a, it's a big risk for a player to run down his contract because if something happens to you in that year, then you're in real trouble. Um, and, you know, but it's, hey. Hey, it's the that's, thing you do, my though, isn't it? You run down take. your contract and move to Paris Saint-Germain. So for for the romance <laughs> of Paris hotness. and nothing to do with the piles of you know oil fueled cash or anything like that. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Um, uh, a a, I mean, listen, if he if we're this is assuming the goodwill of F, FFP um, exists in some you know they're not trying to be really silly, but I also just think Paris will think well. You know, I know we've got an unlimited amount of money, but we don't. We literally don't have to spend sixty million on Pogba this summer because we've just signed Leo Messi. So I think we're probably going to be all right in all competitions. Yes, yes, and and uh, as mentioned on last week's pod, definitely think there is some um, politics involved in Paris Saint Germain. Uh, you know, FFP from UEFA doesn't exist anymore. Really, I mean, I think the more powerful stuff is happening at a league level in the Premier League where it's, you know, fairly loose, um, but there are controls around how much you can spend. And in, and in Spain, where we've seen it, it's very, very strict and top down. Um, but yes, I think this is mostly politics. If, if uh, Paris Saint-Germain wanted Pogba, they could have him. Uh, they'd just stump up the cash right now, but uh, it would look kind of bad, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, and uh, Al Nasser is now bestie mates with Seferin at UEFA, so you know they're um, they're entrenching their power position. Anyway, that is the three minutes of transfer chat. I think we'll have. Yeah. Um, in what is a 
Mm, about 95% positive podcast. <laughs> Just changing <laughs> the, the metrics goes, as we go along. You knew, you knew it was going to go down. Uh, it, it, 99 XP, felt high. positivity. <laughs> Often fairly low on this podcast, but, you know, we're, we're starting <laughs> off as we mean the season to go on, I hope. I mean, the just the... I don't know. It was just a joyous two hours from... I, I actually didn't watch the Varane presentation as it went out on television because I was um, obviously didn't know it was happening and the cricket was on, so I was watching the cricket to turn it over on on the, the dot of the kickoff. Um, uh, but I, I went back and watched it. And just from that to the players leaving the pitch to such a phenomenal ovation, it, it, was, it was just a bar, you know, that one moment where you're thinking oh no uh, just just so fun and yeah. and just you know, almost perfect it, all, perfect study. yeah beat leads the old rival five goals Bruno Hattrick all those assists from Pogba Sancho debut Varane announced slash unveiled at the same time yeah. um yeah. Bielsa losing it on the sidelines when Luke Aylin missed at the end was it yeah, yeah. Ollie loving it. It was just it was, the fans there for the, you know, the whole, you know, two hours and whatever else. Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, football's back. United are back. We're going to win the league, yeah. Paul. We're going to win top of the league. We're gonna, <laughs> yes. No, I... <laughs> um, uh, the, the thing is, we probably aren't going to win the league, but we, this is not the last time we score five goals this season. Um, that and and you know there's this stat that United scored five goals twice in the between Ferguson and Moyes or whatever Moyes Jesus between Ferguson I was thinking about the game that Moyes was in charge where we scored five I think um, against Valencia if I remember correctly anyway um, long time ago now uh, but you know we hardly scored five goals and since Solskjaer has rocked up we score five goals every other week you know um, or at least Fairly somewhat. Often somewhat fairly often considering it's scoring five goals and um just the abundant evidence that the the squad is of much 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 higher quality uh, than it's been at any time since Fergie and and there is just there are just so many potent attacking weapons and there'll be problems on the days when those uh, weapons are misfiring and we're not sure that the team is like structurally set up for dominance or whatever but uh, and and we still haven't solved the what what is going to happen when the players are all more available because Pogba flourished playing that free roll off the left of the the three in the four two three one, um, and you know there's a lot of people competing for that slot, so you know there's a long way to go left in the season and there's a lot of kind of little problems to solve and challenges ahead, but what a start! Absolutely. Yes, it yes, it was perfect. Until next week, who we play next week, Paul? I don't even remember. I don't care. We're playing Southampton on Sunday afternoon. Oh, um, Southampton! Now, Southampton we... going down. Although last time I looked, they were beating Everton. Um, I'm not sure if that's it. <laughs> <laughs> he's not making it through this. He's not making it through this game, is he? If they lose this game, Benitez. Um, uh, yeah, currently uh, they are losing three one. They have lost three uh, one to Southampton. So um, yeah, Everton um, came back in in that second half, and and I think, I mean, everybody thinks Southampton are going down, right? They think they're going down. 
they just sold their best player. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what's going on there. Um, um, yeah, others will know better, but uh, yeah, it feels like they've so, given so, up on life, Southampton, if they're, you know, if they're selling Danny Ings and, and you know, replaced him with someone from the Championship, who, albeit Armstrong, has got a hell of a lot of goals at Championship level. Uh, but bookmakers don't think Southampton are going down, by the way. Um, Norwich, Watford, Palace, Brentford, Burnley and Newcastle all um, all have uh, worse odds than, I mean, better, whatever, however you want to put it. The bookmakers think it is more likely that they will go down than Southampton. Um, I wonder how quickly that's going to shift around we'll once see. people um, have seen what's happened to Southampton. Yeah, Danny Ings, Southampton player, scored uh, seven minutes into injury time with a penalty on his debut for Aston Villa, so good for him. Yeah, good for him. Uh, and bad for Southampton. Bad for Ralph Hassenhutel's tricky stripes. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, uh, I don't know if you remember what happened the last time we played Southampton, Ed. Any, any memories of that game? No, no. What happened? What happened? Uh, I think we won 9-0. It's quite good. I think we might win 9-0 again. <laughs> I, I they mean, played. Um, I, I, I would love to believe that that is possible. Maybe you should have a pound on it, Paul, and, and see, because the odds would be quite good. I'm not a gambling man. Uh, but and, and also, obviously, we are not actually going to win 9-0. But um, you'd think with them, I mean, they played a 4-4-2 in this game, uh, which is an interesting sort of test um, for United. Do you think we're going to see Maguire and Varane? Uh, I guess is is one of the the interesting. I mean, had no. I mean, he had preseason. He had some preseason with Real Madrid. I think. I don't think he played any games, but he was. Mm. They had him pictured at training, didn't they? So um, no, I don't. I'm, I'd be surprised if he's thrown straight in there. He's. You know, I'm sure they're going to want some training sessions, but we'll see. Maybe. You know. Hey. When I mean, it's we a might good, see Sancho. Question, he's isn't now it? had 20 minutes. He'll have another full week of training. So. Yeah, I mean, he, he was with the England. I mean, I guess he didn't play a lot with the Euros, but he hasn't exactly had a long holiday, has he? You know, none of the, none of those players that got to the final of the Euros have. Do you think? Do you think we'll we are going to see Sancho starting that game? If you had to guess, if I had to guess, no. But it's, yeah, that's, it's, there's that's a possibility. Yeah, so I, you know, I think it's more likely he gets half an hour off the bench. Yeah, um, and, or something like that. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure he wants to be careful with all these players, uh, but you know, clearly, um, it's Southampton. We're going to smash them. We we never have any trouble at Southampton ever, have we? I can't think of any occasions. The only thing I can remember about playing Southampton at Southampton because the nine 0 was at Old Trafford, wasn't it? Yeah. It's hard to tell because it's all empty, but yeah, it was. Um, the only memory I have of United travelling to Southampton, we've only played them away once, and that was the Robin Van Persie hat-trick uh, after he missed a penalty and apologised to everyone by scoring a hat-trick. <laughs> and c- c- coming from behind and we won in what was his first full game. Maybe Jaden Sancho will get a full game and uh, play, uh, score a hat-trick. That'd be nice. Um, I, I can't help feeling that this preview is limited by the fact that I have no idea who plays for Southampton anymore. Um, they sold Vestergaard uh, to Leicester. Leicestergaard. <laughs> um, and uh, obviously they sold Ings. Do yeah. they have any other? Shea Adams Shea is still Adams there. Shea Adams is still there. Ward-Prowse is still there. Villa were trying to buy him, but uh, they didn't accept the bid. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, Theo Walcott is back there, isn't he? He, you know, 
what a miserable career he's had. Um, oh, wow. That's harsh. Yeah, but not really. Not really. Um, I mean, yes, it, yes, it's extremely harsh to suggest that he's had a miserable career. I think he's had lots of moments of joy and excitement and extraordinary lucrativity. Um <laughs> During that period of time, I think he's probably quite all right. I mean, he he didn't turn out to be a world beater, but very few do. That's very true. Unlike Bruno Fernandes and Paul yeah. Pogba, world beaters, yeah. today yeah. at least. Yeah, and Southampton beaters next weekend. I, I think so. Um, I Yeah, I United is starting strong, it looks like. And uh, with each week that goes past, there's more players coming back. We might see Jesse Lingard next week. We'll see how he's doing. He said he was doing well. Dean Henderson, um, it looks like we're not. He's suffering sort of longer-term impact of COVID. Uh, Anderson Cavani, I th- is he out of his isolation period by then? He might be, but he'll, he'll have only just started training if he is, so probably won't see him. Yeah, I feel like Cavani's going to be October again at this rate. Um, I guess it's a lot earlier start to the season, isn't it, than it was it was last time. Um, uh, the, the things that I'm interested in in this game, I, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, United react to playing away from home uh, in front of fans. Because obviously last season we went unbeaten away from home, but... Um, very good. This is, I can't think of a better season to start with a home game than this one because, uh, you know, it, it is a, imagine it was you, right? Imagine you had to do the thing that you're good at and there were 70,000 people willing you on versus 30,000 people shouting abuse at you and willing you to fail. And, Okay, so all the way through your career, you'd immunised yourself to that in the ways that you need to, but still, we know that home advantages are significant across all sports, so clearly it has a big impact. To have a year and a half off, those calluses, like if you played guitar and then didn't play guitar for a year and a half, your fingers would be all soft and it would hurt the next time you played guitar. So I actually wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit of... um, there's there's somewhat of you might see like a few slightly nervous misplaced passes that you wouldn't normally see in the early going of that game because I do think it's going to be quite a, an emotional challenge to uh, to face. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we'll see for sure in in the aggregate uh, the results away and home are going to be different, right? Um, yeah, home advantage pretty much disappeared during COVID. Uh, and uh, assuming we're going to get it back again. And there is a sort of 15% home advantage, isn't there? Um, mm. Which which is very interesting. I mean, didn't didn't work well. And yeah, it, it worked against United, I guess. You know, six losses at Old Trafford last season and none away from home. And um, we'll, we'll see. But this is, um, I don't know. I don't know whether the, the crowd played in, a, a part in today's performance Definitely. from United you think it got them up early probably probably did probably contributed 100%. to the fast start yeah yeah and and just the the kind of um I mean we saw this I think with the the, the games with a few fans that there's a kind of willingness to try more outrageous stuff I think the the Cavani goal against Fulham and this is not an original thought I simply don't believe that goal would have happened if they weren't if there wasn't a crowd in, I don't think he'd have been so inclined. Well, it's a bit too definitive to say I simply don't believe it would have happened, but I think there is a substantial non-trivial chance he doesn't even try that if there's no crowd in. Because um, I, I do think they, they, you know, they're desperate to impress and entertain. And and I think 
um, having that extra bit of energy. They definitely kept up the press for a little bit longer than they necessarily um, have done in previous games in terms of that first 20 minutes we were talking about. Um, And Solskjaer's talked about them, actually. This is just a a slight tangent to a sort of tactical point and, and maybe thinking about the season as a whole. Solskjaer's talked about wanting to press more. Do you think we're actually going to see a more structured press this season? I mean, within the same system or not? I mean, and he's talked about it, but it it hasn't ever happened. I'm not sure it happened today. Oh, I mean, they got some early turnovers. So maybe maybe it did first half especially, yeah, Um, and had some success with that. So, yeah, potentially, potentially. I mean, it's part of the reason why he likes Dan James. It's got to be one of the only reasons, right? He is a good trigger for the seems press. Like, seems like a good sweet kid. He's a good trigger for me as well. <laughs> well that's right. <laughs> there was one point. I'm really I'm I'm almost sorry to say this, but it made me laugh so much I can't not point it out. There's one point that Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who for some reason found himself on the left-hand side of the par- the box, turned in. I mean, I said he turned in on his left, but he didn't. He turned in onto his right foot into traffic in the box. Aaron Wan-Bissaka, not the right-hand side of the box, like the by the D, uh, instead of passing to an open Dan James. Like when Aaron Wan-Bissaka's blanking you in the box in favour of his own attacking talents, you know you've really got a problem in reputational terms yes in the in the the united playground dan james is getting picked last that's the last thing we're going to say but it's it's so mean it's just mean but you know um i was just reading 442 magazine and there was they have like a little thing with fans of various clubs and they pick their best and worst 11 and there's a swansea fan who's clearly like um you know certainly old enough to remember early 2000s so not like a kid and he picked dan james in his best all-time swansea 11 of the time of the times he's been watching the game so the, you know there's clearly a level at which he can excel i it does not look to me it continues not to look like it's united but I would have said the same thing about Luke Shaw a year ago, and now he's basically the best player in the country. So, you know. I think he's one of the most picked fantasy Premier fantasy Premier League players. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't I'm not a big fantasy Premier League. I set a I set a league up every season and then set my team up and ignore it for the whole season, which almost certainly I will do again this season because it just can't hold my attention. But People do love it and they uh, talk yeah. about it a lot. Uh, take it real serious. I am not playing because uh, because I am not prepared to commit the time to be good at it. I would therefore rather not participate at all. Cause, you know. Wow. Fair weather fantasy football player. Well, I mean, yeah. t- to be honest, that's more commitment than I show because at least you made a decision. Um, <laughs> anyway, so um, you got a score line for us next week? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, I predicted we were going to lose the previous game and then we won 5-1 and now I'm predicting we're going to smash them because I'm going to continue in the theme of just predicting whatever happened in the last game to be the thing that will happen in the next game. Uh, And I'm actually going to say we are going to win 4-0. Wow, that is, wow. Okay, no, no, I I think it's going to be a comfortable victory. So, but I I do wonder whether it'll be just a little more... Um, well, it's not United aren't going to play on the break against Southampton. I mean, we know it hasn't hurt his style. They are a high-pressing, you know, sort of a high-energy team. Um, yep. But they're a low-quality team. And I, I I don't imagine... Do you think the, the crowd at St Mary's are going to be 
up for it in the way the crowd at the Dell yeah. always was. I mean, maybe for a bit, but I think United will take control of this one. They they um, they have that in them at the moment. So I'm going to say a 2-0 victory and fairly comfortable. Lovely. Um, I Do you know what? I think there's not going to be too many games this season where if we're really comfortable, we only, in inverted commas, score two goals. Um, just because that's the, kind of... I'm half being slightly facetious with a 4-0 pick, but... I just think there is, there are, it could all go wrong in any, in any given game, but at any point at which it goes right, I think is going to go substantially right um, for United this season. So, Brill. Very good. Well, what a fun, fun, fun start. And if the season could continue to be more or less like this, that would be really helpful uh, for us from a podcast perspective. Um, <laughs> yes, um, I guess we'll be back. Um, well, there's Backers content after this for those yeah. of you who back us on Patreon. And thank you very much for those of us, those of you who do. Um, and then we'll be back, I guess, after the next weekend's game against Absolutely. Yep. So um, if you want to catch us in the meantime, follow Ed on Twitter at NQAT pod. You can follow both of us on Instagram at NQAT pod um, and uh, patreon.com slash NQAT pod for all your uh, getting more content out of us needs. I think we're going to talk quite a lot about Leo Messi in uh, this week's Backers content because the Premier League games have not happened yet. Um, Boo! Boo! That's spoiler warning. Um, All right. Uh, Thanks. Uh, Thanks, everyone else. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye now.